Ready Check Radio. Hello, Internet. It's Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. That means it's time for the Relic Grind, Ready Check Radio's Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man. I love Thursdays. I love Thursdays. So much fun talking about Final Fantasy XIV and all things Square Enix-related. It's that time, gentlemen, one of my favorite times. We are on the cusp of a Final Fantasy trading card game. New set, Opus 14, pre-release is this weekend. Just a mere one day away for some of you, two days away for others. No gaming gumbo this Saturday, because I'll be at pre-release Saturday and Sunday at multiple stores. Monday, I will be streaming some cracking of pre-release kits. So if you want to uh, stop by our Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern FFTCG stream, we'll crack some pre-release kits, hang out, have a good time. The full review that I did on my stream yesterday is down below here on Twitch, which reminds me, if you're watching on YouTube or on the site or listening on Spotify, consider coming over to Twitch. Hang out live. We've got chat ready to go with us. ReadyCheckRadio.com, R-A-I-D-E-O. In the upper right is all the little socials. You can click, subscribe, follow, turn on notifications, tell your friends. It's the best way you can support what we do if you like this. Before we get to our usual Legends review, we've got some Final Fantasy fourteen stuff to talk about. Who's going to talk about it with me? Why, it's Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth. How, how do I have Faye's chair there? That's that's Faye who will be... It's, at least it's not the pony. It's not the unicorn. That's, Rainbow uh, unicorn. Yeah. That is uh, that is not that is not Tark's chair. I'm here. I'm just. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Greetings, programs. I'm a little tired. Uh, was up to the wee hours playing some re. Uh, hey, I don't know. Faye. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> User I... <laughs> error. <laughs> she gives a little. There's wave. Tark right there. I have uh, changed. It's not, it's not Tark yet. Hair. You have now morphed. Oh. Into Kronos. <laughs> <laughs> and then... We're seriously professional, by the way. Like, you wouldn't Can know we it. start over? <laughs> you wouldn't... Nah. You wouldn't know it from this type of stuff. But Technical difficulties, whatever. We're seriously professional. Wait. Oh, there, there's my hat. All right. Ooh. Oh, we're getting you. We're getting you. Don't worry. We're getting nah. You. There you go. Yay, go. let's okay. Let's try this again. Greetings, How programs. I'm doing all right. A little tired. It was up to the wee hours, uh, checking out re- near reincarnation. There's some good stuff. There's also some bad stuff, but doing all right. Chat is liking your wall OPS2. Uh, PS5 at the very top. PS4, PS3, PS2, PS1. It's a lot Whole of wall PS. Up. It's just a lot PS. of PS. Also, hanging out with us, dear God, I hope this camera's right. Yeah, there it is. Adam Lane, a.k.a. Kronos, 
back fresh from closing on the new house. Congrats, sir. Congrats. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I'm replacing Mr. Happy on the podcast. Yeah, you're replacing Mr. Happy. He we sat, look kind of similar. You know? He sat in for you, did a very, very good job, as he always does. It's always nice having We needed a replacement so beard. So how? Yeah. I know you can't move in yet, but you're excited. You got the new place. Yeah, yeah. All the paperwork's done. The it's hard part's over. Now it's just the point. lifting part, huh? I'm going to pay someone to do that. <laughs> 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 oh, you wuss. Like, no. Nah, yeah, I've, got, I've, got so, I've got to that age where it's just like paying someone to move my stuff. Yeah, I I'm moved, not. I, don't... <laughs> I moved an entire house of five in one day with one U-Haul truck. You can definitely do it, sir. You can definitely yeah. do it. You can definitely I mean, I, do it. I'm not saying I can't. I'm not saying that I can't do it. But, you know, you just don't want to have someone else do it. Why not? You know, right? Yeah. Just... All right. Well, uh, obviously, we're still months away from Endwalker. Not a ton on the Final Fantasy 14 front, gentlemen, but we do have a little bit. Uh, last week's show, Tark, you and uh, Happy and I were talking about uh, eggs. We talked about yeah. eggs and eating yes. almost 140,000 eggs. Well, Ross O'Donovan managed to finish the task. 147,000 was the end result. 147,000 eggs eaten on stream. Stack after stack after stack. An entire inventory's worth of eggs eaten in Final Fantasy XIV. It did go beyond the inventory a little bit because there was a whole number of viewers. If you subbed and reached certain numbers, they would add to the stack. So there was a little bit of adding, uh, but went through all of them now as if you know this you reading this i'm like i'm not surprised by any of this no so he had outages internet outages looked pretty ragged towards the end of it was a bit tired you know couldn't eat while sleeping so they did make a little a program that would allow chat to basically egg command and force the character to eat an egg had to order a foot pedal Overnighted oh. to him because he started to give himself carpal tunnel from playing with the keyboard and mouse. Finally finished it, a full inventory of eggs. I, I, I don't know whether to be impressed or just go, what the hell's wrong with you, Tark? Like, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Um, I'm leaning towards what the hell's wrong with you, but um, hey, if it got him his views and it promotes the game, why not? It's just yeah. a little weird. Lots of subs. Lots of subs. It, the, the thought of the eggs, though, just like in a real life setting, that just makes me sick, though, a little bit. When do, when are you going to do this, Kronos, on your stream? Well, I mean, you can't uh, do eggs now. I mean, you got to do pretzels or can, something like can that. can watch me turn in cookies for LevQuest. No, that's not. That doesn't count. <laughs> that I doesn't cramped my count. hand doing that. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. Uh, I did not get a chance to tune in because honestly, I forgot. I just I was so busy past week <clears throat> that I was just like, oh yeah, I didn't. But I did watch some of like the the clips and the highlights and things like that. I had to watch the foot pedal. Uh, I mean, but at the end of this, just looked so strung out. I like. Not nearly as strung out as, you know, rubber trick chicken. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, what was the dude's name that did the, like, 30-day stream? I don't remember. That dude looked uh, strung out at the end of it. Was it Ludwig? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's impressive. Rubber Ninja here looked a bit tired. Looked a bit tired. Can't imagine the aftermath of all those eggs. 
All mm. those eggs. Yoshi P liked it last it. time. I wonder what Yoshi P thinks about it this time. I wonder what you. I wonder what he thinks about it this time. He thought it was cute and funny when it was what nine hundred ninety nine, something like that. Dedication. It's done. I don't know. It's, it's done. done. <laughs> Next time, two inventories full. Oh God! Don't. Don't. <laughs> don't. Got to keep topping yourself. Um, do either of you play Stardew Valley? It's not really my type of game, but I know my one of my my kids loves it, and it's, it's not really mine though. No, no, well, same as you. If you want to, you can now marry Emmett Selk in Stardew Valley. <laughs> That's awesome. And if you're thinking that can't be like legit, well, you're right. It's mod. It's <laughs> it's a mod. Uh, it's a mod. NPC Emmett Selk Wizard Replacement and Spouse Mod. Talk about a title that, like, does, you know, just tells you exactly what the mod does. Like, yeah. it is. You know what you're getting. Yeah, you can head on over to Nexus Mods, grab this one up on Stardew Valley. Credit where due, uh, Crivia or Crivia, Criva, Criva. Apologies on the mispronunciation, if, if there was one there. Uh, their first mod now replaces the wizard character in Stardew Valley with Emmett Selk, and then you can romance and turn that into a marriage candidate as well. So I'm sure a lot of people are now asking, Tark, where's the Xenos one? Where's <laughs> the Xenos mod? I'm wanting to know where's the Astinian or the Ashtola mod. Estinian's definitely Please, another you. one that I see a lot of. Yeah, yeah. Xenos. Yeah. Give me Yishtola though. You want? You want to play marry, the game? You want to marry Yishtola? You like she's, Yishtola? She's the best. She's the best girl. I mean, your odds are good. She's blind. <laughs> oh, got him! Got him! That's terrible. <laughs> uh, but she can see the, my bountiful etherical presence. Got so, him. oh, is that what there it we is? go? Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> got him! Bam. <laughs> Yeah, even the chat's like, boo. Who do you want to marry, Kronos? Who in 14 do you want to marry, uh, since that's the the level of programming we offer you? Uh, I'm just riding stag, man. I don't, I'm good. Yeah. Ride stag? Ride stag. I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, I think I got to go with the old standby Minfilia, right? I mean, not, 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 sure. not, not young... Shadow bringers. I think you're a bit, a bit too <laughs> Not late, Ren? right? No, yeah, I think, you're, you think you waited a bit long to, nah, to nah. marry Minfilia. I think you missed your boat there. Nah, <laughs> yeah. nah never. She's, she's given herself over to the crystal. Never, never. It's never too late. Never too late. Uh, yeah, Minfilia, sure. Why not? I'm surprised Emmett Selk was first, though. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I love Emmett. I absolutely love that character. But yep. I'm honestly surprised it wasn't Xenos first. With all yeah, the... Funny, I, I, I feel like I see more about Amerik. When people talk about stuff like that, a yeah. lot of people like Amory. Yeah, um, that is another one. So, oh, fun. There's a lot of Final Fantasy 14 characters that you would marry. Actually, damn. Like that's yeah. I've never sat and thought about this, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure I could make a top ten list out of that shit. Huh. Interesting. Be careful what you ask modders to do. Yeah, I don't okay. know. If I, would... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like the MSX in the game, but you know, the first time you have an argument with them, he's just gonna wave you off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Thancred gets a lot of love too, especially. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like a dividing line too. You like older bad boy Thancred or newer daddy figure Thancred? Like, mm. you got two different lines to go down there if you're a Thancred fan. 
Xenos yep. needs to develop a character trait that isn't hunting my friend. <laughs> 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 or coming back from the dead. One of the yeah. two. Well, he has those two character traits. Who do you want to marry in Final Fantasy XIV? Put it in the comments below, because this is top-tier gaming coverage right here. Right here. Yeah. Um, lots of people still continuing to jump on the uh, Final Fantasy XIV train. Woo-woo! Here it goes. Summit 1 has been indulging for a little bit in the Final Fantasy XIV world. However, on a recent stream... Things kind of went sour. It was a big oops. Big oops. Big oops. Summit 1G in the Shiva fight. No spoilers for Sleepy Rain. I don't even know if she's still in chat, but just in case. And, oh, damn. Got DC'd. Didn't get DC'd. Forgot nope. to pay the sub. <laughs> <laughs> the sub doesn't care if you're in a duty, okay? You gotta pay your sub. Right. It does, and... It is impressive, man. It is like down to the minute. They're like, and 30 days. You're done. You're done. <laughs> uh, this, I've had this happen in the middle of a savagery. I was just going to ask, because this has never happened to me because mine's on an auto renew, right? So yep. I have never had to worry about this. I assume both of you were probably the same, but Kronos, if this has happened to you, do oh, share. Not, not, to me, not to me personally. Uh, oh, God. So I, have a raid, I have a raid member that puts in, like, they just pay by time. And... Oh. uh I think it was during Titan E4S, and they, uh, oh yeah, their sub God. ran out. I've also had a raid member get banned mid raid, uh, so that, that was kind of Wait, kinda what? Fun too. Yeah, uh, so actually, you know, uh, you know him actually. So, uh, you ever played with Johnny in the card game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Johnny raised with me, and I was helping his group do an ultimate. Okay. And, uh, we were doing Uwu, and I think we were like, we had just gotten to ultimate, like the cutscenes playing, or whatever. It's not really a cutscene, like you're in the middle of the fight, and he's like eating Garuda. And, Johnny's like DCing or whatever, and they're like, "What the heck's going on?" And then Johnny's like in chat with us, and he had got pulled into the the, the DM jail, and he got banned mid mid uwu pull. Oh my god! <laughs> oh wow! Uh, are we allowed so, to share what what was the offense? Do we know? Uh, I think it was something in. Limsa. I don't. I don't want to embarrass anybody. So no, no, no. I don't think it was anything that bad. I think it was something in Limsa. I don't even remember the context. Um, I don't think it was anything that bad. But I think it was some someone reported him for something in Limsa. You know, I don't know. It's Limsa. He's on fan for it. Some weird stuff goes down sometimes. Uh, Good old Limsa. It was, it was a pretty funny story, though. Yeah, it is. So. Medic says, who forgets to pay the sub? Somebody that pays for one month to stream it for a little bit and see if they even remotely like it. I could yeah, definitely exactly. see somebody paying monthly for a little bit to check it out on stream and stuff like that, Tark. That's who forgets. Yep. Yeah, that's who forgets. Uh, I've had one story with my raid team. This was a couple years back, um, but our ninja, his sub ran out. He's like, I, I don't have the money to pay for it. So our tank was gracious enough to give him a, a game time card. So my tank's like, okay, now that you're playing, you know, you're one of our least uh, powerful DPS, and we need you to step up your game and work on your rotation stuff. And the ninja, of course, is like, you don't pay my sub. And, the, and my tank was like, actually, yeah, I, I did. So like, I, I need you to, I need you to step fact, up your game. <laughs> in point of fact, actually, I do pay your sub. <laughs> well, that was nice to, so like, oh, to pay the okay. sub. That was yeah. Nice to pay the sub. I remember when uh, my wife and I played Final Fantasy XI, like, religiously, right? Mm -hmm. uh, both of us playing. And there was a, another couple in our guild that was, they lived a couple states away. We knew them online, right? That was it. Yeah, you know, never met him or anything. 
Um, and always talking in the link shell and all that stuff. And Treasures of Ot are gone had come out and they were going to take a break from the game because they couldn't afford one copy at the time, let alone two. So my wife and I mailed them copies uh, of the game so they keep playing. I mean, I don't want to give their names. I mean, not like it would really do anything. I did know their first names. uh, And I wonder, like, whatever happened to them? Like, you know, you just, you kind of separate ways. And and you always wonder what happened with some of those people. They were super nice. Super nice. Joey and Hanny uh, were their names. Yeah. Good peoples. Good peoples. Um, Oh, if you are looking for stock on some of the more popular Final Fantasy XIV items, uh, lore-wise, book-wise, stuff like that, you might want to keep an eye on the site. So there is going to be, a finally, a reprint on the Encyclopedia Eorzea and the Encyclopedia Eorzea Volume 2 if you missed out on the what was, I think, rather a small run initially. Um, yeah. Because didn't they prep those for FanFest? The first yeah, both were for FanFest. Yeah. yeah. Um, they'll be reprinted, and you still got some time, uh, and will release on April 12th, 2022. So you might want to get a pre-order in on those two things. Love to see those coming back. They're such wonderful books. If you care at all about the lore... It's they're just fantastic yes. books to flip through. You don't even have to like cover to cover it. Just pick a section and read about something. They're just very cool books. Um, and then on the new stuff, May tenth, twenty twenty two, we're gonna get the Final Fantasy fourteen poster collection. This is a collection of twenty seven premium quality and full color removable posters. The Final Fantasy fourteen poster collection features breathtaking character art spanning from a realm reborn through Shadowbringers. The posters are printed on heavy press varnished cardstock to provide a rich visual tribute to the world of Eorzea, to which I immediately said, Tark, son of a bitch, I'm going to have to frame 27 of these things. That's exactly what I thought. I need to find 27 frames and find space for 27 posters. (laughs) Uh, Back to the books, though. I'm super excited. I missed that first run. Oh, I'm, you don't, I'm so happy. You to, don't have either of them, or I don't you? have either of them. Oh, it was wow. in a situation where didn't have the money and um, just yeah, timing wasn't right. So yeah, we've all been um, now. Now, yeah. Um, so they're going to add them to my book collection over here and put them next to my uh, uh, Ultimania. So it's going to be you are going to yes, love them, my friend. Yes, you are absolutely going to love them. Kronos, you own them, right? I don't. Uh, Whoa, actually, what is wrong with my host? However, however, my birthday is April 11th. So, <laughs> so if you want, you know, April 12th is pretty close, right? Just saying. Mike, you want to split it? Sorry, can't do it. That's one day off. That's, <laughs> you know, if it was on your birthday, I would. I would. But it's, you know. All right. He, you, he squashed it. Oh, Sorry. I can't believe you. I mean, they are gorgeous books. Just the covers of them are gorgeous. I remember, I, th- I think I tried to get the first one and it sold out. And then when, like, I'm like one of those weirdos, like if I don't get the first one, I don't want to just own the second one. So it's like, you know, I, I might try to get it. Yeah, we'll I see. All I know. I can't pull it off the shelf there in a non-crazy manner. So. I, I, I got to get it because there's a minion and it'll be my oh, yeah, first yeah, yeah. premium item minion and, you know, get me closer. Yeah, yeah. I to, did pick uh, up unseating. a couple minions this week. I think yeah, I picked up yeah, four, four or five, or three. It was somewhere between three and five. 
I know I got the Apkalu, so stop fucking making fun of me, all of you. I did the you sightseeing did log. Yes. Yeah, I saw, I saw the tweet. Yeah, I tweeted to Mr. Happy to stop making fun of me. Oh, my goodness. The Realm Reborn sightseeing log is done. I grabbed it that It wasn't one. that bad. I got, that bad. I got that. I got Reen. And I, got, I think I got two other ones. So I think I, grabbed, I got four this week. You know what really bothers me, by the way, on that whole thing? <laughs> this sounds so stupid for somebody that is like, I consider myself a 14 expert. That doesn't mean that I'm an expert in every single detail of the game, but overall, I have covered this game since version one mm -hmm. and never freaking stopped. The outlet has just changed. That's it. So I consider yep. myself well-versed in 14. I killed Faust four times, unsynced, before I remembered they won't drop shit when you're unsynced. <laughs> Because <laughs> I still Good don't times. have the Faustus minion, I just I just never had it drop where I want it, and so I Isn't so I black mage soloed Faust on Savage like four times back to back to back before I was like, oh shit, yeah, I'm gonna actually have to do this. It, no, I think that's A8, right? Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's, Brute drops the Faustus that's minion. Brute. Yeah, that's Brute Justice, dude. So you can yeah. unsync that. I think that's a guaranteed yeah. drop from Brute. Yeah, it's a guaranteed drop. Part of if the it's chest. the minion, if it's the minion, I'm thinking of. Yeah. It's if part it's of the not, chest. then I'm not sure. But. Uh, 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 da, da, da. Alexander, Burden of the Sun, Savage. Yep. Yeah, because Brute doesn't sense. have a mount. Because uh, only uh, only A4 and A12 drop mounts. I know that, hundred percent. Obtain from. Son oh. of the Savage. That's that's who. Brute Justice. It is Brute Justice, yeah. It's Father, then Son, then Creator. Then Holy Ghost. Yeah. So I was fine. I just thought Faust dropped it. I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it would, it would make sense, right? Yeah. yeah, but it, it, yeah. No. Oh, you're just killing the wrong boss. <laughs> Unsynced <laughs> is fine. You're just killing the wrong boss. But yeah, I think you should be able to unsync that and be fine. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so that's one. The, then the rest, like the, I don't know what you get, you have left, Tark, but the rest I have are there's a couple PVP ones that I, you know, I'm just not gonna get. Uh, yeah, one is like fifteen thousand assists. Uh, one is like yeah, three hundred kills. You know, I'm not gonna get those two. Uh, even yeah. if I was like, okay, I'll do a little bit of PVP. As soon as I looked and saw fifteen thousand, I was like, that's not a little bit of PVP. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, those need to come in the Moogle tombstones. Uh, you, that's the only way I'm going to get them. You know which ones that I, like I'm missing the most of is generally the 24 man raid drop ones. I noticed that. Yeah, that's hey, like I, the race I never yeah. seem to win those ever, ever. Like I see them drop every time I do one, but I well, never seem to win them. It's a lot easier now, especially with the newer 24 mans. Um, each. Uh, Alliance's chest has their own minion oh, I know. drop, so you're yeah. not fighting the entire alliance. Yeah, for one I mean, drop. I did, um, I did uh, Paradigm Breach this this week. Saw it, lost. I was like, come on, there's only eight of you. There's only eight of us. I only have to beat seven of you bastards. How do I still keep losing? But yeah, that's most of like rolling like I crap. Could, I could storm through and pick up like five or six. That is a big gap in in mine. I yeah. just never seem to get lucky in those twenty four person raids. You anyway, know what I need help with. What do you need help? I need with? someone to do Verminion with me. No one will do Verminion with me to feed me wins. Oh, are, do you need the tournament need... stuff or? 
No, I got the tournament one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the uh, rank, uh, ranked match wins. Yeah, I need yeah. 28 more ranked match wins for that damn swallow. Uh, I'll do our minion if you do one of the mounts I'm missing for me. What's that? You can you can either I'll let you pick one. You can pick okay. one of the mounts I'm missing. You can either give me the pterodactyl. That's you know just a cool like 500 hours of grinding crafting if you want to do that. <laughs> or uh, or you can get me one of the hunt mounts. Have fun. Yeah, uh, Tark. I think. You just How do go I with, get you one of those? I, I, I think you just go without the minion, Tark. <laughs> it's just uh, one. It's just one. You let that one oh, go. I, I have the blue mage mount. Yeah, uh, he's that, I got. That. I got that one on a lot. That's just raiding. Eh, that's easy. Anyway, enjoy <laughs> your uh, Eorzea encyclopedias when you get them. Yeah. Uh, the last item comes out July sixteenth of twenty twenty two, and this is a Final Fantasy fourteen picture book. Written by Final Fantasy XIV Online lead story designer Bon Ryoda and illustrated by Final Fantasy XIV Online concept artist Hiroyuki Nagamine, this whimsical tale was crafted for readers of all ages and has now been translated into English for even more readers to enjoy. So we've got a children's picture book, uh, Final Fantasy XIV. I mean, I'm going to get it, but, you know. I'm going to get it and read it to my children to go to bed at night. Yeah, you still have little ones. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You still have little, little ones. Me, I'd be like telling my 20-year-old son, all right, get into bed. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, but Dad. The Final Fantasy fourteen picture could you, book. Could you please take a picture? I can see that image in my head. <laughs> yeah. I need that picture. I want the blankets yeah. up to his neck. I want like... the tiniest bed, too. You got to put them on the tiniest bed so like his feet are hanging off. Uh yes, Please. we will do that. But he he will totally be game for it. We will do that. It's a year away, basically. But yes, we will do that picture. We will I have a picture. different image. He can be sitting on the bed, you know, Indian style, you know, cross-legged, and and in Transformers pajamas, and just like you know, totally enraptured <laughs> with you. That would be a great picture. Got to find footy pajamas. Actually, him and I both own like Ted Teddy Bear foot, uh, like zip up footy pajamas with a Ted head on the top of it. Nice. Yeah, because we're adults. We're adults. <laughs> Prismine, I don't care about your emotes. <laughs> we're adults. Uh, on the other Square Enix news front, the 1, 2, and 3. Forgot an I there. Uh, Pixel remasters are released. They are out in the wild. Changes have been made to it, some, including the font, but not... Square didn't change the font, but... You can change the font, and I'm sure so you're weird. going, man, I really don't want to download a mod and <laughs> have to do this just to change the... No. No, you, you don't. You just you just got to go rename one of the files or two of the files in the actual Steam folder for the games because apparently <laughs> Square has a better font in the damn games. <laughs> ridiculous in absolutely ridiculous the, it's ridiculous right they're in the damn games so in the files for, for the game there is a japanese language version of the games that has an english font and that one is better than the english version font so if you go rename the two files and swap them you're done and you have a better font <laughs> if hey. it was this easy, like how did Square not just change this to the default font based on the feedback when they initially gave the trailers and everybody was like, God, that font. 
Like, how did they not go, hey, uh, Tark, go ahead and uh, swap over to that other font we have in the files, please. Like, <laughs> like just... Be such an easy fix. Uh, who approved the initial font? Like, it's like, you know what? That looks good. Oh, that Let's font do that. is used on everything Eastern, whether it's uh, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, any mobile uh, game that comes from the East, like, has that font. Or the other font that Jason Winter loves so much, the, the stupid battle numbers one. I don't know. I, it's I, an easy I, fix. I and actually, I'll tell you what. I don't. I didn't buy them. I haven't bought them yet. But I haven't they yet. are getting reviewed very, very well, actually. Very, they look very decent. Well. They look pretty decent. Yeah. A couple gripes from people here and there on different things, like the hand-to-hand, the fists glowing red. I'm not sure what that's all about. Uh doesn't look quite right. But for the most part, Kronos, they're getting pretty well reviewed. I, I didn't expect them to get better. I mean, it's the same game. <laughs> Yeah, we know yeah, the games are good. <laughs> I, I, you know, like it. My issue is the price. So yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, one hundred percent. Like, sure, you know, the the people that are reviewing it, most of them probably got the game for free. So it's like, you know, that's not really <laughs> like a thing they're really thinking about. I mean, they, they some of them might, but and my issue is not the games. If you haven't played the games, you should play the games. They're awesome. And I mean, yeah, they're 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 like, they're just the the same games with like a slight facelift, I guess. And Number- I just. Yeah, go ahead. Number one comment I see when I look on like the comments on Facebook under an ad for this, Tark still continues to be, when can I buy this on the Switch? To which I think the answer, yep. Tark, you better know, be soon. Is soon. Just use <laughs> Needs to be this soon. Switch. And oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I there you go. yeah. There you go. Use that Switch right there. I still have that ready for you. That's the Switch that you'll use. That's the Switch Pro, right? Yes, that's the Switch Pro right there. Good luck getting one of those, though. I mean, mine is Q2, Q2 of next year. So, um, Final Fantasy 16, a little bit of an update here. Uh, kind of loose lips, you know, Yoshida <laughs> sitting around talking with uh, different interviewers, uh, was sitting there talking to uh, Was Yag. Wasyagana, I can never remember. I hope that's right. On uh, YouTube, through translations, we now know that on the Final Fantasy 16 front, he was talking about 14 and how he doesn't interfere with like the voice acting. He doesn't. He doesn't even want to be there when they're recording because maybe you know he might say, "Oh, we'll try this and try that," and then that starts stepping on people's toes because he's the director and producer and he doesn't want that, so he avoids the room. So very coyly, they said. Well, what about on Final Fantasy 16? You know? And Yoshi P said, I'm not attending the recordings there either because I'm not the game's scenarist. Uh, during the scenario focus meetings we had, we already had a lot of discussions like this line would be better that way to show protagonist Clive's psychology, and those remarks are taken into account during the recordings. We've been prioritizing English voice acting, and we're specifically doing it in British English. We're using facial capture, so later on we won't have to adjust by hand each of the faces during the cutscenes. And it's a full capture, as in the motion capture actors are also doing the voice acting simultaneously. Well, we're not doing it for every single cutscene, though, but anyway, that's why English dubbing has progressed the most. The Japanese dubbing will start soon. And a few follow-up comments from there. Uh, But there we go. British English voice acting and 
mocap at the same time. And English is just about done. Just about done. This game is not far off, Tark. Not This game is not two, three years far off at this point. It just can't be. Um, what was my original prediction way back in the day? I was like, 2022 maybe, you know? It, it, that could be a, a real thing. Um, and the, with comments from Yoshida that he's not going to release any big PR um, until yeah, he doesn't want to do pretty drip, much right around the corner. Fed PR, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, when we start seeing something, it's going to be soon. I'm excited. What do you think, Cronus? I mean, I, it's still hard to say. I, I, like, yeah, I mean, probably 2022 is a pretty good guess. Um, I'm glad that like. Uh, like I hate people that like micromanage. So like the part of that article where he's like letting actual people do their jobs, I, I find awesome. Yeah. So I think that's just why he's so good at what he does. He knows he like puts the, you put the people in the right place, they do the job, you're good to go. Um, did you guys see the translation? I know this is Final Fantasy fourteen and maybe backtracking a little bit, but did you guys see the translation where he was talking about ACT? I heard no. about it, but yeah. I didn't watch it myself. Where yeah. he's like he spends like five or six minutes and he's just talking about, you know, okay, look. ACT, all it's doing is it's reading our combat logs, and then it's it's running the data. And he was like, but technically, it's a third-party tool, so you can't use it. Our official stance is you can't use it. But yeah. this gets weird, because if you sat there playing Final Fantasy with a calculator, could you say that the, the calculator is a third-party tool? And he said, now the discussion never ends. What about if you exported all the data when you were done raiding and put it in an Excel and built macros to run the numbers for you afterwards? Now, is Excel a third-party tool? Is a mouse with multiple buttons or more buttons than normal a third-party tool? And he was like, and, and that's the whole point. I don't want that discussion to be a thing. I don't want this to be used for abuse. So officially, no, you can't use these things. We don't know what's on your computer. We don't know, want to know what's on your computer. But it's why when you send us emails saying ban this person, they use ACT, we ignore them. <laughs> because we don't want to get into this retaliation thing back and forth. Now, if you go to the forums and you post pictures of somebody's ACT screens that is not your character and you're calling them out or something, we're going to ban you for harassment, not third-party tool usage. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, go. He's like, it's such a gray area. <laughs> yeah. He tries so hard to be like, I don't care if you use it, but you have to know that if we decide to ban all third-party tools at some point, like hardline ban them, you're running that risk by using it. Yeah. Um. Oh, God. The Avengers Wakanda expansion launches next month. Actually, it launches in like 18 days. The announcement came today, August 17th. You're going to get it for free if you have Marvel's Avengers, but here's the really... I had, to, I had to laugh, and I feel bad, right? There are people behind this game, but mm -hmm. I, I had to laugh when I read the PR because I get the official press releases, you know? Not the email blasts to customers that registered. For, I, I get the official sending to media outlets releases and in there in fact you know what hold on let me just pull it up and <laughs> because this is just tremendous the way this is worded square enix marvel avengers here it is uh and they may have ended up using portions of this in the 
that is not it. Uh, in the ad, that is, I accidentally opened the ad copy one that I got as a customer. This is the one I want, the press release for media. Uh, the War for Wakanda expansion adds to a game already packed with content, including eight other playable heroes, because Black Panther comes with this, right? More than yeah. 25 hours of single-player campaign content and endless multiplayer action for up to four players. I skipped something in that sentence, and it's what made me laugh when I read this. Because they're talking about stuff that's already packed with content, but then there, there is a little parentheses on one of these items and a subthought. So let me reread the sentence now, and I will include for you, gentlemen, what is in parentheses. All right. Keep in mind that the sentence starts by prepping, talking about stuff that's already in the game. With me? Ready. Got it. The War for Wakanda expansion adds to a game already packed with content including eight other playable heroes, more than 25 hours of single-player campaign content from the core release through the expansion, and endless multiplayer action for up to four players. <laughs> They're talking about stuff that's already in the game, trying to say we're adding to this massive amount of stuff, including 25 hours of single-player campaign content, if you count the expansion we're about to release. <laughs> How many hours did it take you to get through the campaign? Twelve. <laughs> okay. So they're, they're going to double it about. From hopefully. the core release through the expansion. Not up yeah. to the expansion. Through the expansion. This stuff's already in the game. 25 hours. But you got to count this thing that comes out in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I literally laughed out loud. I was like, wait a minute. You can't start the paragraph like that and then put that little disclaimer in there. But hey, if you want it, you're going to have it in about three weeks. And it's free, so you know I'll own it, I guess, because I own the game. Let's do a little... Congratulations. Set. Yep, that's me. <laughs> Let's do a little set review, gentlemen. We've got the pre-release this weekend. Let's take a look at the legends, as we always do on the Relic Grind, when we have a new Final Fantasy trading card game set release. Opus 14 pre-release this weekend, the full release of the set the following weekend, but we've got all the cards in... So let's take a look at the legends. Those of you that follow and play FFTCG might notice this set looks a little weird when it comes to the distribution of legends across the elements. There are some elements that have two legends that are just that color, and then others that have one and a multicolor, you know, a multi-element legend. My guess, and the guess of many, is probably next set they'll be reversed. Right, the sets that only that got one and one will get two, and the sets that got two will get one and a multi-element, just to balance things out over time. This is uh, Opus 14. It will be the last set that bears the Opus prefix, uh, the Opus set name. Of course, since it's 14, 14 got a lot of love in this set. Xenos on the box uh, and everything. So here we go, gentlemen. Let's start with the fire. Whoops. Where's the right button? There it is. Uh, <laughs> the Fire Legend Garland. Images courtesy, as always, of Final Fan or FFDex.com. 
Garland, a four drop, 8,000 power forward. If Garland is dealt damage by a summon or an ability, the damage becomes zero instead. When a backup is put from the field into the break zone, draw a card and flare for a discard of card named Garland and dull. You get the special ability, choose a forward, break it. Then your opponent selects one backup they control, put it in the break zone. So you break a forward and they got to basically fam for it one of their own backups uh, into the break zone, which will then trigger you drawing a card on that second auto ability. What do you think, Kronos? Uh, I think it's pretty solid. Um, you know, I mean, it, everything on it's good, right? Nothing on it's bad. Yeah. Uh, it's. I don't know if it's like how much it's going to find its way into fire decks that are being played right now. It might just be good enough just because it's that solid. Uh, it's a little unfortunate it doesn't combo with Nail, I think. But I think that's also on purpose, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, they don't really want you doing that. They don't want you, like, into the game. You play this dude, Nail, or, like, you play Nail after this guy's survived a turn, and then you just throw all your backups at him and draw a bunch of cards. Yeah, because they do um, have to uh, enter the break zone. They they can't just right. be RFG'd. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's pretty solid. Um, not anything, like, crazy, crazy, but, I mean, just a good card. So, for the last three Opus sets, my five-drop Lulu, like, my favorite deck, right? Uh, that has been Earth Lightning for the last three or four sets, pretty much, because that's been the strongest combination for her. There's quite a few things in this set that make me want to try it in Earth Fire. I'm sorry, in Lightning Fire, uh, this set. This is one of them. This is one of those cards that, you know, when Lulu's just breaking backups, anything you can add to that deck that gets you value anytime a backup or your own backup specifically leave the field, that's just gravy. You know, that's just absolute great. Crow goes in that deck, not because I'm probably not going to dull many things, but because well, I'm going to break Crow at some point. And by the way, when I do, she's going to grab me a forward from the break zone. This fits that mold. Now, there are other fire things that do too. Like we've, you know, a one drop Alua gives my three drop lightning Alua in that deck more special opportunities. The one drop maybe is going to ping for a piece of early thing. And the combat math gets funky with Alua too. And with Alua with Garland on the board, that gets a little more weird too. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to trying Lulu in Lightning Fire, which was her home long, long ago, but it's been more Lightning Earth for my play style. Uh, I like this card. What do you think, Tark? Uh, you guys have more experience in combinations. I kind of just have to go with just how I feel about the card individually. Yeah. No, no, that, um, that's why I like with, doing this. We got experience yeah. and newer players, you know, perspectives I, here. I was I'm pretty much on par with Kronos. It, it feels like a solid card, you know, only four costs. You get 8,000, but it doesn't do anything crazy or, or out of this world uh, game breaking. He's a solid card. That special yeah. is sick. That special is disgusting. It's good. It's, it's good rate, it's yeah. really cheap. It's really cheap, and it's a two-for-one. Get rid of a forward, get rid of a backup. Uh, and draw a card. And there, are other, yeah, and there are other card named Garlands that you could definitely be running that will help other aspects of, of the deck, too. Uh, we do it on a rate of a uh, scale of 1 to 10 here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I, I think competitively, I got to give this one probably like a 6. Um, it's, it's pretty... While it's very cool... Uh, I do think it's going to struggle to to find space in some decks. So on that, for me personally, i probably give it a 7 because there's a little more the, with decks that I play with that might be able to capitalize on this a little bit. 
Uh, but competitively, I probably give it a six. What do you think, Kronos? What's your final score for Garland? Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think a six, like, because I'm always going to come at it from a competitive angle. It's kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, so yeah, I think it's probably around a six. I, th- I think it's the problem is it's going to. I don't know where it exactly fits in. I think it's a good card. It's something you'll look at. But I just is it good enough to like run? Because you want to run three of this dude because he has a special probably. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so that's kind of where I falter a little bit. But I think it's a solid card. I would, you know, someone who really wants to run it and invest in it. I think it's the Lulu stuff is pretty cool. You actually bring up a pretty, like, cool thing to do with it. Um, so that's interesting. But I think overall, I'd probably still sit somewhere around a six. Yeah, I just think it struggles a little bit because you're going to have to run it. If you're going to run it at all, like you said, you're going to run it as a three of. And in Fire decks or Fire X decks, those are premium spots. Those are for a whole playset of something to go in. Uh, what's the score from uh, from you there, Tark? Uh, you know, for solid, you know, not crazy in my opinion. Um, six and a half, seven. Solid card. All right. We're all on the same page. We're all on the same page. Next up, the, the Ice Legend, Gilgamesh. FFBE, uh, and I i mean, <laughs> I laugh a little bit because this one was actually spoiled a long time ago. It was one of the earlier spoilers for the season. Um, and <laughs> just looking at it, I kind of was like, I'm so sorry, Ice Players. <laughs> I'm so sorry that this is one of your legends. Three drop 7k power. If you have three or more different elements among cards in your break zone, Gilgamesh FFBE gains a thousand power haste and first strike. Okay, that's not too crazy, right? Because mono ice, mono anything, you know, has kind of been on a downswing for the last couple of sets with the dawn of multi element cards. Uh, this set does try and boost mono play up a little bit more, which I do appreciate them doing. Uh, but so you're probably running Ice X, and in a lot of cases, you might be running Ice X and a Splash. So maybe three colors isn't that hard. Maybe you're running a light or a dark card in there too. So three, okay, that that's not too bad. If you have seven or more different elements among the cards in your break zone, Gilgamesh FFBE also gains Brave, and Gilgamesh FFBE can attack three times in the same turn. Now that is a sick ability because you're getting a 1,000 power haste, first strike, brave, and can attack three times per turn. But you got to think about what you got to (laughs) do. You got to get seven elements in your break zone. There are only six colored elements, and then light and dark as elements seven and eight, which cannot be discarded for CP. So you've got to find a way to discard these cards just to get them in there or get them killed on board or, or find some way to get a light or a dark card into your break zone along with one of every other element. And it doesn't work with things like Yuri. Yuri is all elements, but only when on the field. So you can't even trick it that way. When Gilgamesh FFB attacks, choose a character. If you have five or more different elements among the cards in your break zone, dull it and freeze it, which naturally, if you were getting the seven trigger, you're getting this trigger every time as well. I went first last time. I'll throw it to Kronos this time. Yeah, I think this card sucks. <laughs> uh, 
unless unless they print a card that like you like that is like Yuri, but like in all areas kind of thing, like yeah. not a field ability. Yeah. Uh, I think this card is gonna struggle to to get there. I think it's a card that like some casual players might look at and like, oh, cool, I'll do that. But seven element decks, I mean, <laughs> that's a lot. Um, to, and I mean the, the effect is strong if it you know. But then the problem is like, what if your opponent just misdragons you? Yeah. Well, oops. Now you now you just have a three CP seven K cool card. <laughs> um, no, nah, yeah, I think this card's bad. Uh, Mist Dragon yeah, just boots your break zone for those of you that the only problem with this is Mist Dragon Medic. If you think that's the only problem with this, <laughs> uh, we disagree a little, my friend. Sark, what do you got? Even I was like, who's building their decks like this? This just <laughs> a, this just seems awful. I mean, I was right there with you. I'm like, okay, you got you know two elements and a light or a dark or light and a dark so that's maybe four but five just for the attacking ability who who in the world is building a seven element deck that just seems just blah there are um, yeah just, this is bad there are this just is just bad if if you are looking for a big body that can attack multiple times there are just flat out better options like, yeah, we'll the, talk about one later. Yeah, the ability is fine. Like, I like it. I think the text is all interesting. It's fun, but it's, it's a fun conceptually, I should say. It's fun conceptually. But there are just better ways to do this if that's your objective, is to get mm -hmm. big, beefy things, give them first strike, give them brave, have them swing a bunch of times. There are just better ways to do this than to try and seven-color your deck, I think. Uh, I, uh, I, I personally, I give this one a three and the only reason I'm Ooh. giving it a three is because I think conceptually, I like the play space that this card is thinking about doing. I just don't think it does it well yet. And I'm, and I'm okay with giving credit for, Hey, keep messing with this idea, but don't mess with it in this way or to this extreme. It's not quite there. So I'm going to give it a three. What do you got, Tark? Uh, I'm going to give it a one um, maybe it should be lower than that, but um, you're right. It, I, the idea is fascinating, but there's nothing to support that idea currently in the game that I can think of uh, again with my limited experience. So yeah, a big fat one. Uh, this no, <laughs> just no. Why, why would you put this in your deck? Why? What do you got? Miss dragon. I mean, Kronos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, I'm writing this from like a competitive standpoint. So I'm the one to one too. Um, that's fair. Like, if you're looking strictly competitive standpoint, that's fair. The only way I could maybe see this is if someone builds something in a way where you're playing, like, enough dual stuff, I guess, where you just hit the three and that's enough. But I, I don't I don't even know if it's really good enough to run for that. That's, I, that's the I thing. I mean, Haze first strike, 8K yeah. is good. But I, think, like, I think if you do it that way, that you, then you can't possibly be taking advantage of the benefits no, of not. the dual element cards uh, if you yeah. do it that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe like, uh, you know, like how the old Guido decks had like Ice, Wind, yeah. and uh, which, like, they had those, uh, those like, several duel, maybe, but I I'm, I feel like I'm grasping straws, to be yeah. honest. Like, I, I think the card's bad. Yeah, you're, so. you're, you're, you have to reach to get to that. Yeah, it feels yeah. like you're trying to find a way to make it work rather than having an idea of, oh, I can make this work and here's how. Yeah. Um, which is two different things in my book when you're building a deck. Next up. We hit the uh, the first of the primals from Final Fantasy XIV. Now, keep in mind, these guys got backup support, too. Each element has a Beast Tribe backup that is multi-card playable. 
that activates when its corresponding elemental primal enters. So when Shiva enters the field as an ice primal, they would activate. And they also have some type of dulling action ability that they can use, but only when a corresponding elemental primal is on the field. So along with the primals, you also get these little beast, uh, the beast tribes from Final Fantasy XIV making their mark uh, in the game as well. Uh, so here we have Shiva, Lady of Frost, 5-drop 9k. You cannot play Shiva... Excuse me. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> you cannot play uh, Shiva, Lady of Frost, or card name Ysail while already in control of either character. Makes sense thematically for 14 fans. When Shiva, Lady of Frost, enters the field, choose one character opponent controls, dull it, and freeze all the forwards opponent controls. Action ability that at any, any time you can put three backups into the break zone, you can remove Shiva Lady of Frost from the game, then play her back onto the field. Notice that that doesn't say player dull. Uh, that just says play her. So that's something interesting to, to think about there on that. Uh, Tark, I'll let you go first on this one. I don't understand that last... It's, How does that like a, work? So it's, like a, a blank. it's a flicker it's like, effect. If yeah. you play Magic okay. the Gathering, it's a flicker. So what you're essentially doing is you want it to leave the field and be replayed onto the field so that it gets its enter the field effect again. Yeah. Okay. So in this case, you're sacking three backups to remove her, put her back, dull a character, and freeze all the forwards again. And then you just get to put her right back. Yeah. You Basically just, at the cost of three ba yeah, backups. Yeah, you sacrifice three okay. backups... You remove her from the field, you put her back on the field, and because she's entering the field again, you get that second gotcha. effect. Choose one character opponent controls, dull it, freeze all the forwards opponent controls okay. again. It was just a little confusing. Uh, and the interesting part, cool. like I said, is that it doesn't enter the field again dull, which is what you usually see on a flicker effect. This, you could yeah, have gotcha. a dull Shiva on board. And in response yeah. to something, break three backups, remove her, bring her back, get her effect, and she's active. So you could potentially block with her or whatever you want. Sounds pretty legit. That's pretty awesome. Thank you for the explanation. You're welcome. You're welcome. So what do you think <laughs> of it? What do you think of it as a card? Uh, that's actually pretty cool. Uh, I like it. Um, I want to see that in use, and we need to play more. <laughs> uh, not, no, not we. You. <laughs> Uh, this, I'm here. I play. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I play. I took one week off on Octagon because we were going into a pre-release and nobody was on Octagon. <laughs> Everybody was using that as the week off before pre-release. Uh, all right. So from the casual perspective, you dig it. Kronos from the competitive yes. side. I mean, I'm the competitive side too, but I tend to also go with heart a little bit. You're just a cold calculated bastard. So we'll go with you. I, I like that. I'm, up, I'm, I'm definitely that person for sure. Uh, no, I, I think the more I think about her, I think she's pretty strong. Um, there's a lot of things you can do with the second ability since she doesn't come back dull, right? Um, you can avoid removal. You can block something and like then kind of like flicker her so it almost like heals her in a way, I guess, because she's a different card. Um, you could like prolong the game, right? Because you can dull forwards. The only thing that uh, I think is from like a ruling perspective, right? If you make the the character that she's trying to dole illegal she's not freezing anything so there's that kind of like play around yeah. uh, but she's big she costs five theoretically when you play her if it's like the end of the game you can do her ability three times in one turn right you could like play her 
then flicker, then play a backup, then break the rest of your backups to kind of like push for the end of the game. So there's a lot of interesting things that she can do, even from a competitive, like all those things I think are pretty viable from a competitive standpoint. Um, I just don't know how good Ice is, I guess. But like, she's not even really like color restricted. So I, I think she's strong. I just, it's hard for me to like, I don't want to go like too far because I don't think she's like, I mean, spoiler alert, I don't think she's like a 10 or anything. But I do think she's strong. See, for so her, for, for me, she's one of those cards that has text that makes you go, that's really good text. Uh, mm. And then you go, but you're not a great card. Like, I don't think you're a great card. Uh, and I, I would love to be wrong about this one, but I just don't think this quite does it. Uh, particular, I mean, in Ice, it makes sense, right? It's Shiva, it's Dulling, it's doing the freezing. Yeah. Freezing forwards is absolutely powerful. It's just absolutely powerful. For, freezing all forwards, but to really maximize that, that is super situational, right? You need, you know, Kronos has four forwards out. He swung into me on the previous turn with three. He played the fourth in main four or main two. So when I took the turn in main one, I dropped Shiva, dulled that forward he just played, and then froze all four. But for that type of situation, I've probably taken two or three damage to get that bounce back with Shiva to buy me two turns. I do think that you can get funky with this card. No doubt, Kronos, I think you're right. I think you can get really funky and do some wild shit. And when you see that wild stuff go off, you're like, I need to build a deck around Shiva. And then you build one around her, and you're like, that happens once in every 700 games, and I just happen to see it is what happened. Uh, so for me, this doesn't quite do it for me. I don't think it's going to see a ton of competitive play. I think all the primals are going to be experimented with heavily at the beginning of this set, but I think she's one of the ones that we'll see drop off before we get to the uh, the the next set of... 15, whatever you, whatever the hell it is. Crystal Domination or Crystal something. I don't know. Uh, the next set that comes out. I'm going to give this oh, one a... Opus 15. Everybody's just going to call yeah. it Opus 15. I'm going to give this one a 5. I can't really give it any lower because the text is functional. The text is good. The text does good things. That action ability, I think, comes at too high a cost uh, to make it anything better than a 5. And I just have a feeling that uh, out of all the primals, she's going to be one of the first that just kind of falls out of decks competitively. Tark, what do you got? I think you're wrong on that. I think she's gonna she's gonna surprise some people. Um, oh no! Don't don't get for... me wrong. As a one of in a in an ice deck, oh. I think it's kind of a no brainer, right? Yeah. It's for the same reason you put a six drop Bahamut zero in a lightning deck, right? You yeah. know, if I happen okay. to get that at the right time, I swing for a win. I just don't think mm -hmm. you build around her. Gotcha. Uh, I'm going to give her an eight. I, I think she's Ooh, pretty strong. That's high. Um, and understanding what that ability is, yeah, you can do some crazy shit and, and really catch some people off guard if you're, you're planning correctly. What you got, Adam? Yeah, I'm somewhere between a seven and eight. I agree. I do agree with you. I don't, I don't think she's a build around card. Um, like, I, I think she, you just play her kind of what she is. And, and uh, like, I think, like, smarter players are going to find those trickier things. I think it, she's very slippery, and, like, there's more. There's a lot you can do with it, like, a lot of situations. But I do agree they're probably not going to come up every game, for sure. Some games she might just end up being a you 5-CP know, dying kick. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm going to bringing up a good point that it's not restricted to ice backups, yeah. that ability. It's yeah. just three straight backups. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think I said that. Maybe I said ice, but I don't know. But um, no, I, I, I'm going to stick with a seven. I, I just think she's good. But I, I think she's going to – the reason I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit higher on her because, like, I think I gave Garland a seven is I think she'll find her way into more decks than Garland. Um, but but I, I think she's pretty solid. So Next up, the Wind Primal, Bismarck. Lord of the Mists. Five drop, 9k forward. When a character character is returned from the field to its owner's hand, draw one card. This effect will trigger only once per turn. At the end of each of your turns, choose up to one wind up to one wind character you control. Return it to your owner to its owner's hand. Action ability, dull one active wind forward. Choose a forward, deal it 2k damage. 2k damage. A lot of text once again, but is it any good? What do you got, Kronos? So this one's weird for me because I feel like in order to get the most out of this card, you're going to have to end your turns with like three or less cards in your hand, right? Because of how this triggers. Um, so if you enter turn with, say, four cards, right, and you want to return a win character to your hand, now you have five cards in hand, and now Bismarck's going to force you to draw a card at the end of your turn, so now you have six cards in hand, and the game's rules state that you can only have five, so you have to discard down from six to five. Um, I think that makes him awkward, right? So I'm not sure. Like, he, I don't, I, to me, that feels not great. Um, to do because that's kind of like what the card wants to do, right? So I think in order to get the most out of them, we're gonna have to like find ways to really like abuse that and stay down to three so that we maybe drop to five. But then Wind already has a lot of ways to return stuff that you want to reuse anyway. So is it even worth playing this guy? Um. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like leaning toward. I don't think he's that great, but he's not terrible. Dulling it's one kind of active weird. Wind forward to crack with two K. Uh, you know. I mean, that could be beneficial in some spots, right? Mm-hmm. Like getting that last 2K on a, on a, on a big bar lie play or on a, some sure. type of Fina combo and you've got a big 9 or a 10K on the board that just kind of escaped that and you can just dull a forward. Doesn't need haste because it's not the mm-hmm. dulling icon. You could literally play Bismarck and dull Bismarck to deal that 2K. Yep. So a little bit of ping here and there. I do agree the bouncing. I mean, wind, uh, and and particularly if you decide to go all in on this strategy, by the way, and go wind water, uh, because water got some great cards to help support bounce in this particular set, uh, which is nice because the the game is so ETB heavy right now that bounce has just kind of fallen out of the game. Uh, everything gets an effect when it enters, so you really don't want to bounce anything back to somebody's hand and let them play the damn thing again. Amaterasu and some other cards, including you know Sin in this set, an interesting card to look at. Trying to start negating that a little bit. Uh, I I don't know. This is not one of my favorites either. Um, I it's definitely beneficial to be able to snag back to your own hand. Wind already does that with Althea rescuing things and with um, Mion and, you know, stuff like that. However, it'd feel really good to just keep taking three drops of Dane back to your hand and playing it in main one of the next turn over and over until your opponent could do something about it. 
that would mm -hmm. feel really good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm torn on this one. I'm torn on this one. Tark, what do you think? It, it really, you gotta, you gotta build around it. You, you gotta take care of it. Uh, you know, you, you gotta have a lot of different wins. I could see, you know, dulling a bunch of your forwards just to get rid of one key target, then returning a card to your hand, replaying it later, um, so you get back onto the field effects. Um, so there's a lot of different funky things you can do with it, but you gotta really, I think, plan around it. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I, I think you're a little right on the, the plan around it portion. And I don't like the idea of dulling multiple win forwards to take out one big target. Because in that case, you've probably sacrificed swinging two or three points of damage to get rid of a big target. And maybe it was, you know, prohibiting you from attacking, and, and that's why you had to do it. But I just don't like that conceptually. I think there's other ways to, you know, use an effective summon to get rid of that thing and then swing for three damage rather than dull three or four forwards to deal six or eight K. And if that's what you need to do to clear the board, I just think there's more efficient ways to do that too. Stacking two and three Ks over and over across across the entire board in wind rather than just stacking them on one forward. I like that. This is another one like Shiva for me. I like the text on it. The text is good. The text is interesting. I want to mess with it, but I just have a feeling again that it kind of finds its way out. That being said, I think this has a little more sticking potential than Shiva does because anytime you can return characters to your own hand, that opens up the opportunity for some really bizarre cycling in some really nifty decks. So I'm going to put this one at the six, a little bit higher than Shiva, but I think eventually by the time we get to the end of the Opus 14 set, I don't know how many wind decks are going to have Bismarck in them, Kronos. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably go, like, so I think we're going to switch it a little bit. I'm going to go with a five on him. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see him seeing too much success, honestly, just because I think of how awkward he is and how Wind has the ability to do a lot of the combos that you would do with him anyways, um, which kind of makes it even weirder for him to come in. So I'm, I'm going to go with a five. Consideration, though, you know, maybe dulling all of your forwards to take out something big isn't that big a deal with all the activation that is also in this element, True. too. You know, so something yeah. to consider to Tark's point that maybe it's not such a bad idea to dull four forwards, smack down an 8K target, and then, you know, use a Diabolos and get all your backups and forwards up again and head on into combat. Mm -hmm. Could you effectively block a 7K with a 5K and then in its yeah. damage resolution, you dull it and then yeah. it's effectively 7K? Yeah, and yep. you effectively trade okay. at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can block and in response do this. Cool beans. What are you scoring it? Uh, I'm going to give it a six. I just think there's a lot that you would have to do to, to build around it. Um, but if you got a plan, you know, you could, again, keep catching people off guard. Uh, I, I think it could be a lot of fun uh, if you plan around it properly. Uh, next up, we head into Earth. The Earth with Titan. Titan is a seven cost 9K forward, so a little more expensive than the previous primals. 
When Titan Lord of the Crags enters the field, break all the forwards with power less than Titan Lord of the Crags. Less than and all, so includes yours, right? When five or more forwards are put into the field from the field into the break zone by this effect, Titan Lord of the Crags also goes ahead and smacks your opponent for one point of damage. Gets that one point of damage in there. Uh, I'm going to go to Tark first because I have a feeling that the new player, the newer player, I should say, he's not totally new anymore. The newer player in him is just going to love this, <laughs> love this card. Yeah, is it Medic? Medic must be on a little uh, delay. Bouncing Zidane every turn is gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? That's it's what I mean. It, it could be. What do you think, Tark? Because I have a feeling, like I said, the new player in you probably likes this an awful lot. I think it's fun to clear clear the board and and, and then deal point of damage. That that sounds like fun. It's a high cost seven, um, but uh, it, it it's a lot of fun to clear the board. Like haha, suck it. <laughs> well, I mean, Earth already has a seven drop Shantoto backup, right? That exiles all four words, including your own, from the game. So it's already got a seven drop board clear on the back on a backup body that can produce any element CP. Now we're seeing. Essentially, in most cases, you're probably going to use this as a board clear. I could I talked on stream last night about situations where maybe it's not. Maybe it's a one-sided board clear. I could see running this as a one-of in like a Rampair deck where a lot of the forwards in a Rampair deck are sitting at the 9k mark. You know, things like Preach and Shantoto, the stuff you want to play off of Rampair and things like that. Uh, and so you could feasibly have, you know, Shantoto and... Uh, Preach out, drop Titan Lord of the Crags, have the opponent's board be cleared, and you sitting there with three 9K bodies uh, on the field. You know, hey, <laughs> do you have a summon right now? Because if you don't, I think I'm going to win at this point. Um, and the one K, the one point of damage is nice. I could see, you know, that's probably more likely. And maybe if you were running Earth Water, splash a bunch of Vikings out on the board, and then Titan uh, get those cards and, and clear the board. Uh, I like it. I think it's definitely fun. I think the stack gets a little interesting here because you could stack on that ability and buff his power. Uh, you know, give him 2K more power, and now all of a sudden he's taking out things that are 10K and below because he's sitting at 11K. Uh, so I do think it opens up some fun stack opportunities. It's kind of like they've been going like this for me, right? We started at... You know, uh, Shiva, Bismarck got a little better. Titan gets a little better for me here, too. I'm going to bump this one up to a seven. So I've kind of gone five, six, seven. I think out of the three we've covered so far, yeah, you just noticed it's both sides. Yeah, it's all forwards. Out of the three we've covered so far, I don't know if a full deck gets built around him, but I think you're going to see him like we saw Behemoth K in the last set. They're running Earth. There's probably a good chance they're running one of these. You know, I, I feel like that's where this kind of heads, Kronos. Yeah, I think this card's really good. Um, I think, you know, you have Shantoto. Like, you're, you're probably not going to stop running Shantoto. But to have this in addition to Shantoto gives your opponents extra stuff to think about, right? Like, mm -hmm. before, it was like, okay, I just play around the one Shantoto, and if they have some trick maybe to return it to your hand, they can play two. But they kind of have to build to that. But now you don't even have to build to it, right? You can just play one Shantoto and this guy. Um, which kind of serves the same purpose, right? Shantoto is not conditional, right? Shantoto is just going to do it. Um, whereas he's a bit, like you said, like you can do some things on the stack and 
you could reduce his power or increase his power. And sometimes maybe he's not a board clear. Sometimes he is. Uh, I think the second effect is kind of just icing on the cake. Like if you get that, you get that. But I think more you're just looking to clear the board here. Um, so yeah, I think he's just really good for that. And and I mean, worst case, like you mostly clear the board and you have a nine k. Yeah, I think, I think that's pretty good. Um, so I, I think he's just really solid. I think <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, uh, I, I, I think he's really good. <laughs> uh, so I think you already gave yours. So I, I'm going to go with the eight on Titan. I I Maybe can see, I can see that. I could see an eight. Yeah, I could be persuaded to go eight. Um, so yeah, I don't think you're off the mark there, Tark. What do you got? I'll Just the score wise, yeah, eight. Okay. Yeah, I'll give him eight. You know. Clear the board. Get rid of it. All right. You, you've persuaded me. I'll give him an eight. I'll give him an eight. I like him. I do like him quite a bit more than Shiva and Bismarck. So maybe just going up one isn't fair. We'll go up. We'll go up two. We'll go up two. Uh, then we get to this bad boy, Cloud. Another Cloud for those of you playing Category 7 uh, decks. When, uh, whoops, where's Cloud? Four drop. 8K forward. If your opponent controls any forwards, Cloud gains 2,000 power. So he's usually going to be a four-drop 10K. When Cloud attacks, choose a forward. It gains, if possible, this forward must block until the end of turn. And at any time, you could use the action ability by discarding one Category 7 card. Just any Category 7 card. And until the end of the turn, Cloud gains another 1,000 power, and Cloud cannot be chosen by your opponent's abilities. Kronos, this one really messes with combat math. Like, just, yeah. it hits the field, and combat math is a nightmare. Yeah, I, th I think he's awesome. Um, obviously, like, you want to put him more in seven stuff, but I don't even know if he has to really go there. I think this is kind of like what Earth likes to do, right? Yep. Like, they want to, like, be make you really awkward for combat and then force you to fight their guys. Um, so, I mean, and the fact that you can, like, just discard, even, worst case, like, another copy of himself. Yeah. And he can become untargetable. Yeah, that art um, is beautiful, Medic. The only thing that gets me about the art is I can't unsee the little like laser sight like underneath his chin. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I think the the custom art is pretty sweet. Um, and then like you know the fact that he can like force something to block every turn um, is something that's not really common in the game. Uh, so I think he's a really really cool card. Uh, and I think he's gonna only get stronger. I think because there's a seven starter on the horizon, right? Another one. Yep. So. We'll have to see like what that kind of gives him, but that's going to make the second ability even better. Not that there's a, there's already plenty of seven support. Um, yeah, I, I think he's just really good. Is he better than the clouds you would typically run in a cat seven deck, though? You know, maybe mm. if you're doing cloud pod or you know, you're doing something with an existing fire earth, is usually the elements you see that 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 it's... type of deck. Is he better than the clouds that already go in that deck? It's tough because if you're building the cloud pod deck, I think you're building to a certain thing, and in that yep. deck, I don't think he's better than that cloud. No way. But um, well, I mean, cloud team, cloud pod is a very specific example, though. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking just if you're generally making a fire earth cat seven right. deck, is he the best I, cloud for the deck now? Assuming, I, I would, yeah, I would favor him over the fire five CP honestly, but I think the fire five CP is still there. If that makes sense, like I don't think he just like leaves but right. i think early game especially in mid game you want this guy out and then you know maybe later in the game you nuke something with the five cp like on entry but this dude is super annoying or like yeah. mid, yeah. mid game. 
Yeah, so. it ma- he literally makes combat a nightmare just by existing. Like that. <laughs> that's it. Just by existing yeah. on the field, he makes combat an absolute nightmare. Because the the second I put a forward down, he's going to gain two K power. You know, because I went from zero forwards to having a forward. They could. Do they have a cat seven in the card in their hand? Could be a freaking third copy of uh, Mar- Marlene. You know, I. They don't care True, about man. discarding that and yep. giving him. <laughs> Uh, the additional abilities and now oh great now I got to block them and he's 12k you know I mean, it just it becomes a nightmare it becomes a nightmare it's such a good card Tark what do you got here he sounds amazing uh, I want to play I really want to play a seven deck again I had a lot of fun with that when I was playing with you uh, so yeah he's he's pretty good and it's like how do you deal with him like how do you get rid of him and he's got a lot of tools so. He's awesome. And at four cost, yes. Yes, please. Yeah, and if they're specifically in a Cat 7 deck, you I mean, you basically have to assume that they have that action ability. Absolutely. Unless they don't have a hand. Like, unless they've played out yeah. or you've discarded them down, which even just makes, like, throwing an Odin or something out a risky proposition. You know, am, am I going to... It's only abilities, It's right? only abilities, I, I, I know. But it just makes okay. everything so much riskier for yeah. you to, to have to go. I got to give this one a nine. I got to give this one a nine. I don't think it's the best cloud to build around. I still think if you're going to build a Cat 7 deck, Cloud Pod is probably my go-to ability. I do like the abilities where you, you can force things to block. We saw that on uh, Gallif a few sets ago and some other cards where you can force the block. This does it at no cost. Uh, this is just by swinging. So I do kind of like that. You know, hey, I'm going to punch you in the face. Uh, and this is who I'm gonna punch in the face. I get to a, I get to a choose uh, who's gonna do that. Um, but I'm a, I'm gonna put it at nine simply because I think if you're gonna build a cloud deck, my preference would be to go cloud pod, which this may not may not be in that deck, or if it is, it's you know in low numbers. So I'll give it a nine. Tark, what do you give it? Uh, based on just him solo, nine and a half. He's he's awesome. And I want a full art of him. That's just that's awesome art. So nine and a half for me. Kronos? I'm going to stick with somewhere like an eight, just because I haven't seen enough of the seven stuff, and I think that's the deck where he's really going to shine. I don't like... Oh, 100%. I don't know if you really just slide this guy in monks, you know? No. Um, So it's like, I'm going to stick with like an eight now, but I think he has a lot of potential to be like even higher, depending on how good the seven deck is and how good he is in that deck. So... Next up, Ravana, our Lightning uh, Primal. Uh, keep in mind, there were other Primals, too. We're just reviewing the Legends. We're just reviewing the Legends on the show as we as we do. Uh, so here we go with our Lightning one, Ravana. Ravana is a 6-drop 9k forward. Ravana can attack four times in the same turn. Ravana cannot gain Brave, though. Can't give it brave. If Ravana is dealt damage, reduce the damage by 5k. And when a character is put from the field into the break zone, activate Ravana. That's a lot of good text. This and it's is your favorite element. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. This, when we saw it spoiled, uh, Kronos, we kind of just like all went, this is a scary card. Uh, this is a very scary card. It's not going to work in every deck. Um, you kind of have to build around him to a certain extent. doesn't mean your whole deck has to be aimed at getting Ravana online. 
but a good portion, I think, of your deck needs to revolve around some way to get him to activate. Cycle characters, uh, use, you know, lightning wind and use activation effects like Diabolos or, or, you know, things like that. I think a good portion of your deck has to be mapped around this. So I don't think he's like Behemoth K and we just throw one of in every lightning deck. I don't think that's the case here. I love the idea of this in a Lulu deck. I absolutely love the idea of this uh, in my in my Lulu deck. We will see how how well it works, <laughs> but I am constantly putting backups into the break zone with a Lulu deck anyway, and that is going to activate him every single time. Um, this might encourage me to explore Lulu in Lightning Wind. So where Garland encouraged me to go lightning fire, this could very well encourage me to go lightning wind uh, as well. It's a scary, scary card that you don't even want to block. You don't even want to block it because nope. it's going to take 5K less damage. And if you block it and die, it it's going to activate. <laughs> so it's like you, you just, you're just like, you know what? I'm going to let this thing hit me once every turn until I have a, you know, a Diabolos or something to get rid of it. I'm just going to let it punch me in the mouth every turn. Tark, what do you think? <laughs> Ravana's going to wreck nerds. <laughs> it's just as simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that might be the best way to deal with him until you actually have a way to deal with him is just let him hit you. Because you do anything else. And um, hope they and can't they, activate him, yeah. It, yeah, um, you know, just <laughs> don't lose any characters. Don't don't remove anything of mine and, and let him be. I'll take my one point and, and be happy with that. Uh, and, and until you have something, he's just going to wreck, wreck faces. Like, Kronos, even if they have something that would help them defend the swing, but it relies on, like, a, let's say, a backup breaking itself to do an effect, they're just like, uh -huh. damn it, I don't even... Because that's going to yeah. activate the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, I think this card, from like a design standpoint, is really, really cool. I, I agree. Um, I think a lot of turns you're not really going to get a lot of like all three of those abilities. Oh yeah, if that makes no sense. Doubt. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's more like the threat said, I, of being able to yeah. than anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and like I think what you said first is kind of where where I started with him too. Is like I don't think he's generically as good as like Behemoth K. Uh, but when you start like talking about stuff like if you're throwing him in like a Lulu deck or whatever, it becomes really really interesting. Yep. Because um, it creates a lot of different ways to to get his abilities. How good those decks are is just kind of where yeah. I kind of come down on him a little bit. Uh, but I do think he he's a really cool card. I just don't, from like a competitive standpoint, I don't know how good those decks are going to be. And it, and in the competitive decks that run purple, is he going to see play over the other cards that are also strong? And, and I'm not sure. It's kind of where I'm at. But I do think he's really cool. And if someone finds something that makes him work, he could be potentially a problem. What are you giving him? I'm going to probably sit at like a six just because I'm kind of weary on how good he's going to be competitively, but I think he has a ton of potential. Dark? I'm going to give him an eight. I, I think he's going to wreck nerds. Uh, and <laughs> Lightning's already strong. It's her favorite deck, too. It's just, he's so good. Uh, obviously, from a personal standpoint, I can't wait to mess with this card. It's a 10 on that scale, right? On the personal, yeah. uh, I can't wait to mess with it scale. Realistically, though, I, I do align myself with you a little, Kronos. I think you, like I said at the beginning, you have to build a pretty significant, a not insignificant portion of your deck around the idea 
of getting Ravana to at least attack twice, you know, every as, as often as possible. Uh, so I am going to put it at like between a seven and an eight right in there. I think it's strong enough that it deserves a seven or an eight. It could be stronger. I'm certainly going to mess with it. It's a 10 on that scale. But yeah, competitively, I have concerns. I have concerns. As cool as I personally think the card is, I have concerns. My initial idea would be like try to do something with monsters with them. Yeah. Like monsters that break themselves. Yep. I think that could be interesting. Next up, Leviathan. Leviathan, Lord of the World. Nine drop, 9K. Very expensive, right? When Leviathan, Lord of the World, enters the field, choose up to one forward opponent controls, up to one backup opponent controls, and up to one monster opponent controls. Return them to their owner's hands. When a character is returned from the field to its owner's hand, choose one forward opponent controls, it loses 9,000 power until the end of turn. I'm going to throw it to the newer player first on this one. Because this big numbers, big abilities, and I see his face already lighting up like it's freaking Christmas. <laughs> uh nine costs kind of sucks. Um not not gonna lie. That's 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 a little harsh. Um I is there any is there many that are that high? Not many. Not many. We just okay. actually this set introduced the first card that costs more than ten CP, by the way. Jesus yeah. balls. We got the first um, eleven CP card in this set. Okay, that's just stupid. That's your whole hand and all the backups, right? <laughs> pretty pretty Basically, much pretty much um my first thought when i saw this was like oh that plus the bismarck we saw earlier that's kind of cool i would like to do that kind of combo little little wind water uh shenanigans putting stuff back into your hand and oh th by the way th that one's now got no power um i think he's pretty cool his cost is crazy but he's pretty cool and he could do some cool stuff yeah, I mean, at worst, in most situations, you're going to bounce a forward, bounce a backup, and then choose two forwards to lose 9,000 power. That's like the worst-case scenario in 90% of the times you play this card, uh, assuming there isn't some response to make something not choosable, which, by the way, all this targeting is individual, so canceling one does not negate everything else. Uh, these are all individual target choosings, so that's interesting in and of itself, too. Uh, the idea of... Oh my god, putting this in ice water and flickering this is just terrifying. Flickering this with an, a Renoa, that's absolutely horrifying. Putting this in ice wind and bouncing stuff back with Althea, right? If you choose, you dull Althea, choose a target, Althea and that character come back to your hand. So you get two uh, 9k pings to forwards. You know what? Water has been in a rough spot for a while. And I think water maybe isn't going to be like full on back in this set, but it's certainly got a lot of help in Opus 14 and not just in this card, in some other stuff too. Like Lakshmi, the other primal is badass, badass. You'd like drawing three every turn? I thought you did. Uh, go ahead and play <laughs> Lakshmi. Um, I, I'm going to put this one though at a nine. Um, it is warping when it enters the field which we want in competitive it is one of those cards that you you do not have to build around bounce to make this worth it i mean literally you you probably want to just to continue to get that easy removal once you've spent 9k or 9 cp but you don't have to necessarily build around bounce to make this viable 
I'm going to put this at a nine. It's definitely going to see play. It's definitely going to help water. And it's good. And it fits in any deck that you're building that has water in it. It's going to fit some better than others. But unlike Ravana, you don't have to make sure a third of your deck is built around Leviathan's abilities to make it strong. I'm going to put this at nine, bordering on thinking about a 10 for how much I think this will be played in the competitive meta. I think this card's pretty good. Yeah. Um, my only thing is, like, when you talk about, like, other elemental combinations, like, how much better is it? I know Nidhogg's a dark card, but it's, like, I, I almost feel like Nidhogg in a lot of situations is going to do similar stuff unless you're just, like, really behind on board, where it's, like, Leviathan's just going to nuke everything. So, and, and like you said, you don't have to build to him, right? You just play him, and he does it. <laughs> like, you, you play him, he's going to bounce two things and, and probably kill two things. Um so I, I think he's very, very strong and pretty fairly costed. And I think uh, there's that new 3CP mo uh, wind monster that could get... Oh no, no, not Typhon. I think it's the water monster that like bounces two things. Mm. That's pretty cheap to bounce two things and then kill two things. If you have this guy, if he lives a turn. Um, so that's pretty feasible. Um, I, I like Lakshmi over this card, though, just generically. I agree. I think, like like Lakshmi would, would get the 10 for me over, yeah. over this 9. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're going to see it, right? Like if blue cards are across the table, I think you should probably expect this guy to be there. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm a little bit probably like, I'm going to go with eight on this guy too. Um, I, I think he just does something really powerful, but I'm interested to see like how, how much he actually warps with like how good me uh, water is. Cause I, I really like you, like you said, I like a lot of the water cards. In I'm really big on Jekt. I really like the new Jekt yeah. a lot. Um, and, and I, but I do think Lakshmi is a better card than this. I'm, so I'm interested to see like how this performs. So, but I'm going to say eight. What do you got, Tark? I give it a nine, and that's because of the nine cost and 9,000 power. So <laughs> nine. Fair enough. All right, we got to pick up the pace a little bit, or we're going to be here all freaking night. All freaking night. Uh, next up, uh, Larsa. Uh, two drop, 5K. Experts, when Larsa enters the field, choose a card in your damage zone, add it to your hand, put one card from your hand into the damage zone. It's X-Burst doesn't trigger. The forwards you control gain 2,000 power for every three cards with X-Burst in your damage zone. I don't have a lot to say about this one besides uh, I think it's very neat. Uh, very, very neat. This is the first. We've had things that rely on how much damage is in your break zone. We've had things like Axstar now that can uh, trigger things that are in your damage zone but we've never had things that let you actually interact with the cards in your damage zone. This is the first time we're seeing this. It might not be in the best way that you think uh, for decks that you may want to build with this in there. Uh, I think this is very good uh, for more, uh, and especially in water, right? There's nothing worse than like losing a fucking Lena on, on the first damage that you take. By the way, this is a Lena target too. Uh, now that I think about it. So I, I very, very much like this card. I like the game space. I think it will see competitive play. I'm going to give it, though, probably about an eight um, because it's going to be stuck in water uh, by itself until other elements start picking up similar type effects in future sets. So I'm going to give it about an eight. Tark, what do you got? Uh, I was going to give it an eight as well. Uh, 2,000 power, um, and it's based off of 5, your damage power. zone. 5,000 power. No, I meant the plus oh, two. Oh, the, the increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and, and we talked about this before that, uh, you know, messing with the damage zone 
Um, it's, you can do a lot of cool stuff with it, and they're actually experimenting with that. So I like this. Um, it, it's pretty simple. Um, yeah, I'll give it an 8. Kronos? Uh, it's definitely the best fourth-born son of the Emperor. That's true. Uh, for sure. That is true. Uh, no, I, I think this card's really good. Uh, it's like an effect, like you said, like an effect that we haven't seen before. Um, lets you kind of mess with your damage zone and get cards that hit that you don't necessarily want to hit. So yeah, I'm right with you. I think it's probably somewhere around an 8. I think it's going to see a fair bit of play. What do you think of uh, Shinryu? 5-drop, 9k, light forward when it enters the field. 10k damage to all the forwards of cost 3, 6, and 9 opponent controls. And at the beginning of main phase 1 during your turns, reveal the top card of your opponent's deck. If it's a forward, all the forwards' opponents control lose 7,000 power to the end of the turn. If it's not a forward, draw two cards, Kronos. Yeah, I think it's pretty solid. I think if you hate Samurais, you snap play the studio deck. Yeah, it is 100. Uh, like, I've never seen a card printed so accurately to go after one archetype. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely what this is, uh, for sure. I think, other than that, I think it's pretty generically good. Uh, I just worry that it's going to get a little overshadowed by other light and dark cards that just kind of already exist. But I think it's solid. There's not a piece of bad text on it. Um, so I'll probably, I'll, I'll go with the seven. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, I, I would not mind running this. The question just becomes, do I want to run it over Citra? Do I want to run it over, right. you know, whoever I happen to be running it in, in the deck there? Because you don't want to pile on the light. Uh, I, I think this can... I, I'm going to try it in a couple different decks. I probably put it at a 7 only because its utility is not... Uh, as much as you're going to get out of some other light forwards or some dark forwards even. Like, do you want to run this or do you want to run Kadash? You know, uh, those become tough choices when you start thinking about light and darks. Krona, uh, Tark, what do you got? Uh, I'll give it a seven. Uh, I think it's awesome to have something affect every single turn. Um, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, it's, it's brought down because of its element uh, and the restrictions to light and dark. Five drop, 10K next up here in Omega. Omega. Uh, okay, I, so I'm going to just tell you what this does because this is horribly worded. The translation on this card is awful, okay? At the end of your turn, every turn, check to see if Omega has a counter on him. If he doesn't, put a counter on him, and that's the end of your turn. If he does have a counter on him, Remove all counters and deal your opponent a point of damage instead. At any point, you can remove a counter to make Omega not be able to be broken until that turn, the end of the turn. So it's an if-then statement. People legitimately and rightfully asked immediately, well, wait, how could I ever take a counter off of him to make him protected with the way that's worded? Because they were reading as put a counter on and then take it off and deal damage. It's not. It's an if-then. No counters, add one. If there's counters, take them off, deal one point of damage. Uh, cute. I think it's cute. Uh, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of the card. Obviously, it's a huge body. Obviously, making him not be able to be broken is a big deal. But again, I keep running into the same... Pro and, and alternate damage is always nice, right? But I keep running into the same thing. It's the dark card. You know, do, do you want to take a shot at getting this to work once or twice to get an extra point or two of damage in? Uh, and if you can consistently with your build, then great. But that's not going to be too many builds. I'm going to put this one at a seven. I like what it does. I like the text. 
but I think it, it's going to have a hard time finding some spots. But that said, when you find its spot, it could very easily be a 10. It could very easily be a 10. Tark? Uh, I'm going to give it a 5. It is a big body. That 10K is, is pretty beanie. Uh, but the restrictions on the element, uh, plus you know only being able to ping once or twice, and if you're caught off guard, and you could lose him. Um, so I'm going to give him a 5. Wow. Kronos? Yeah, I'm going to say a 7. Uh, I think he does some interesting stuff. He feels like a boss monster, which I think is really cool. With like, I feel like they should do that more with light and dark cards, but that's a whole other thing. Um, if you can find a way to play this guy on your opponent's turn somehow, right. that feels more advantageous. Uh, I don't know how common that's going to be, but I feel like that's the area that I would look into uh, because then you're you're kind of starting, you're going to start swinging and you're going to start dealing damage faster. Um, so that's kind of where I'm a little higher on him, but I don't know if that actually works. Like, I don't know if it's going to be successful. So, But I'm going to stick it like a seven. Next up, Barrett, multicolor. Multicolor. Uh, four drop, 9K. If Barrett is dealt damage less than his power, damage becomes zero. The job avalanche operative forwards other than Barrett you control gain haste. And at any point, you can discard a card to choose one job avalanche operative other than Barrett in your break zone and add it to your hand. You can only use this ability once per turn. Uh, go ahead, Kronos. Uh, so obviously, if the starter deck is nuts and the avalanche operatives are nuts, this guy's gonna be nuts. Yep. Uh, but we haven't seen those cards yet, so I'm kind of tame right now until I see them. But this—that's the deck he obviously pushes, and if that's good, he's gonna be good. But I haven't seen those cards, so I'm gonna—I'm gonna say with seven because I feel like if they're even decent, he'll be good. So. Yeah, because it's a weird spot. Like right now, if I had to assume the, you know, if I knew the decks were gonna be something different. This actually isn't that great because there aren't there there aren't many. I think there's what two other targets that he can use uh, that that ability on, and so he's not that great. He's like a four or a five. Assuming that that starting deck is going to give him some more targets, then yeah, probably a seven or an eight. I still think the the five cost Barrett is probably the better Barrett overall for that deck, but yeah, it's six or a seven ish. Tark, what do you got? I was going to give him a six. Uh... I, again, I didn't know the, the rest of the cards for the deck, um, so I, I was initially going to say seven, um, but with Chrono saying we don't know uh, what the rest of the, the team and the deck looks like, um, yeah, it's a little bit tempered. Al Cid in Lightning Ice, in Lightning Ice, four drop, uh, 8K. When Al Cid enters the field, you can play one Ice or Lightning forward of cost four or less from your hand onto the field. So two for one. No surprises there for Al Cid fans. Uh, when Al Cid or an Ice forward enters the field, choose up to one forward, freeze it. When a Lightning forward you control attacks, choose a forward and dull it. Uh, you know, does it need to go without saying, I mean, they, I love this card. I love this card. I am definitely going to mess with this. Definitely. You know, it's been a while since Al Cid's actually, the other Al Cid has been in any of my lightning builds. So it'll be nice to put him back in here. And a two for one that just starts dull freezing with lightning able to come over the top with the haste. That This, this could be a little nutty. This could be a little nutty. I like it. I like it. Uh, Tark, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to give him a nine. He looks very strong. And it's freaking lightning. Just always getting the fun, big, big cool stuff. Ramu, baby. Ramu. Not a legend, uh, but Ramu. 
Yeah. Demon and your lightning. Yeah, Ramu you know, looks it's disgusting. Like toys. Yeah, I'm going to give this uh, one. Yeah, I'm, a nine. For me, I'm going to give this an eight. Um, it's utility. It's definite utility. It's it's in a very specific deck, uh, a very specific deck. So I actually might bump it down to a seven, only because I don't think this is the best combination for competitive play. Um, as a again, this is a for my heart a nine. For realistic, gonna see it at tournaments, probably a seven. Kronos. Uh, so I actually really like how they pushed. Ice Lightning. Yeah, I agree. I I feel like they're finally pushing it in a direction that's like interesting and cool, and it feels almost like the Fire Lightning of the set, like how it was like a set or two ago. Um, So I'm I'm pretty high on this dude. I think I think he's also like a nine. You got Zeromus right behind him too in this set. Yeah, Zeromus and then Sephiroth. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that like those three together seem really good to me. Yep. Um, And I think it might push it to the point where it's going to be a deck to be reckoned with. And I think that this guy's going to. Him and Zeromus are going to be the main reason Sephiroth is going to kind of be there tagging along. But I hope you're right because it's one. It's been one of my favorite decks for a long time. Ice Lightning, with the the haste and the dulling and the freezing and the it's just a lot of fun. I played multiple local qualifiers with Ice Lightning. Uh, last legend here. Let me pull it up. It is Vaughn. Six drop wind water 8k. When Vaughn enters the field, you may search for one job sky pirate of cost two or less. Play it to the field, activate all the backups you control. When a job sky pirate you control is chosen by your opponent's summons or abilities, choose up to two backups, activate them. Uh, obviously, this is a super specific deck. <laughs> this is a this is geared right at a sky pirate's tribal deck. <laughs> Uh, for maximum effect, let's say for maximum effect. Uh, what do you think, Kronos? Yeah, I agree. I think in Sky Pirates, this is where he's going to be the most nutty. How good that deck is, probably not super great. I don't. I think they're probably a bit better than people give him credit for, but they're, not like it's Torchwick's favorite deck, and he cleans up. He um, cleans so yeah, up with it. Yeah. you're going to snap with three of this dude in that deck, hundred um, percent. I've asked. I've actually asked him about it because the other Vaughn that can get you at five damage or more, the two for one. Uh, right. You know, does he take? Yeah. yeah, does he take that spot? And he's yes. You know, this guy can play backups, right? You can mm-hmm. go search and immediately play a backup. That's beneficial, but it at the expense of your late game rebounding. Yeah, you don't get the swinginess the other one gives you. Yeah. Um, not to the same extent, right? Yep. Uh, the, the interesting thing, I guess, this dude can kind of, he can just play him by himself with like some generic 2CP Sky Pirate that he just plays. Yeah. And then whenever he attacks, he can reactivate stuff. Or, my bad, uh, can't be chosen, right? Oh, no, activate two backups, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that's not terrible, uh, but I'm, I'm probably going to sit somewhere around seven. I think he's strong, but it's... It's, it's I, too I think specific. It's Pirate, yeah. It's yeah. too specific. Tark. I want to play him and Bismarck and, Le- and Leviathan all together. Oh my God! Let's on that on that note, yeah, we're right going to that. love it or leave it. Yeah, don't expect the uh, Opus fourteen Fran to be nice with these. You're right, medic. The ten Opus ten, not this one. The one in this set isn't even a Sky Pirate. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Love It or Leave It. This is how we wrap up the show. Normally, I give you one item from Square Enix that you tell me that you absolutely love it, one more of it, or you leave it. Uh, today, we're going to do it a little differently since we did the set. I want to know the one legend you love from the set, couldn't do be without, and the one legend you want to leave behind. Tark, it's up to you first. 
Uh, I will keep Cloud. I think he's strong, and you get a good seven deck around him. He's he's just going to be uh, a beast to deal with. Uh, I'm going to leave Gilgamesh. That's just awful. <laughs> so bad. Ronos. I feel like we're all going to leave Gilgamesh. That card is uh, it's something. <laughs> that's the fact that that's an L baffles me. Uh, I'm I'm going to take Titan as my favorite though. I think he's just generically good, and I, I don't see a realm where he's bad. So I think Titan for me. I'm gonna love me some Ravana and leave me some Gilgamesh. I don't think there was any surprises there. Let us know which one you love, which one you want to leave, but chat, don't go anywhere right after the show. We got Faye Death coming online with a stream. What's up, Faye? What up? What you doing? What you playing today? We are going in for some Destiny 2. Get some super pew, 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 pew. Oh, you, you're going to have guests, though, right? Yod is, yeah, yes. I was going to say, Yod's going to yes. teach you guys how to play, huh? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Destiny 2. He loves it. He does. It's his game. So, so we're going into Yodlands for a little murder hobo. Nice. That'll be fun. Chat, hang out. We'll turn it over to Faye in just a minute. We'll be live again next Thursday, 7 p.m. Of course, remember, Monday at 7 p.m. we'll be doing some pre-release kit opening and with the overhead cams and all that stuff. Stop by. We'll have a good time, and then we'll see you Thursday for Relic Grind. Oh, I have another stream in between then, too. Just follow it on Twitter. You know, follow the Twitter thing. You know, the kids are using that this these days. Go Come ahead on, and, yeah. and follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, on Twitter, and then you'll know when we're live. And until then, Kronos, where can everybody find you? Uh, yeah, same as always, Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about probably streaming a little bit more again. I entered a Guilty Gear tournament last week, so I think I'm going to enter another mm -hmm. one maybe next week. We'll see how that goes. I streamed it. It was okay. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Tark. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Tarkov Gaming, playing Final Fantasy XIV, uh, doing a little near reincarnation. Uh, you can also find me here at Ready Tech Radio on the weekends. Uh, we're finishing up near replicant and going to be going into automata here real soon very nice very nice i'm mike byrne you can follow me right there but more importantly follow at rc radio on twitter so we can let you know every time we go live with a show where one of our lovely volunteer streamers who i love so much is hanging out with you live and chilling and playing games until next time gang stay safe and we'll see you on the servers later